Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan, Brave the Wild, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, <laughs> iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify. Great to be on board once again with you today. It is a pleasure to be back on board talking hockey. The Minnesota Wild and Bill Guerin make their first trade and also go 3-1 and one this past week. So, Bill Guerin, it has begun. It has begun. The trading has begun. Is he going to gut the team? Probably not. But, of course, if the team was going to quit after the Jason Zucker trade, then maybe he would make a ton more trades. But I do believe at least one more is on the way, quite possibly because of the acquisition of Kalen Addison, which is a very fascinating acquisition from the Pittsburgh Penguins, a defenseman who can score like crazy. Uh, it does... Make you wonder, because a lot of uh, defensemen prospects in the system in Iowa, and even in uh, and even in the juniors and such, and ECHL, you could just go on forever. There's got to be some kind of opening because it's just like it's just like a brick wall right now with the defensemen up with the Minnesota Wild. So I got to think somebody's going to get traded, maybe a Brodine or a Dumba. That would be my top guess. But let's talk about the trade with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Bill Guerin trading with his former. Boss, Jim Rutherford, and of course, they're good friends. They get along well. And to me, it's like I, right away, I'm like, this is the best GM we've ever had. This and that. I'm freaking out. I'm so excited. And I know uh, it's better to calm down. Don't get too excited yet until you see a draft. And just like how we all thought Paul Fender was the worst GM ever with this and that. Obviously, his earlier draft picks, mm, we'll see. They're kind of questionable. But a lot of his other draft picks, like Adam Beckman, uh, Hovanov, as you might want to say, and several others, where We'll see what happens with him, and, you know, let's see what happens. Uh, Matt Boldy, all that. It's kind of a wait and see, but it looks exciting. It looks like he drafted better than any general manager the Minnesota Wild have had. That was Paul Fenton, of course, the personal issues, but then some weird trades that may end up working out. But the real question becomes, again, yes, did the Minnesota Wild win the trade with Kevin Fiala and Mikhail Granlund? Probably, but, again, this trade right here is proof that Fenton probably could have been more patient and got more. Uh, he let his old boss basically beat him to the punch a little bit or, you know, not give up as much because Paul Fenton worshipped Fiala a little bit too much and Fiala was not having a good year last year. So you got to think for Mikhail Granlin, who's been a 60-70 point guy, 
that Paul Fenton could have brought in more. But uh, in this case, Bill Guerin's patience and intelligence and all that, I think, went out. This uh, one thing's out. Uh, both teams got what they wanted, as they continue to say. Basically, it was an even trade in that sense. Jason Zucker brings immediate help to the Pittsburgh Penguins with Mr. Jay Genzel being out for the season with the shoulder injury or upper body injury. Ooh, we better be careful with that one, right? <laughs> okay, I know, I'm just... But no, of course, again, Jake Genzel tied to Mike Genzel, Minnesota Gophers, Minnesota ties, blah, blah, blah. Would love to have Jake Genzel on the Minnesota Wild. Absolutely. But, uh, and what a player he had been for Pittsburgh before that injury. What a heartbreaker indeed for the Penguins and for Jake Genzel and Mike Genzel, I'm sure. But uh, ultimately, again, Bill Guerin making a great trade here. Uh, I'm going to focus more on the trade than the games, even though I will get to the games a bit, as good as they were. Three in one week, and an emerging star in the Minnesota Wild roster continues to emerge in, in a big way. He has just been awesome. And that is the guy, that was a part of the uh, Mikhail Granlin and Kevin Fiala trade last year. <laughs> hint, hint there. Uh, but no, Minnesota, Bill Guerin trades. Jason Zucker to the Pittsburgh Penguins, so it finally did happen. Will I get it right? Will I get it right? Alex, go. <laughs> Golden Yuck. Oh my god, I don't think I'm ever going to get it right, but <laughs> I keep saying it wrong. Golden Golden Yuck. Yep, Alex Golden Yuck comes to the Minnesota Wild along with a conditional first-round pick where it's lottery protected basically, so if Pittsburgh misses the playoffs, uh, Jim Rutherford has the option to say, nope, we'll push it to 2021. Odds are Pittsburgh Penguins will probably make the postseason, so we're going to get the first-round pick, which will probably be in the 20s somewhere, which is fine. Who knows? Maybe Who knows who you're going to get? And uh, Kalen Addison, who a lot of us are very excited about, and he's super excited. He must have said that about 15 times in his interview with uh, with uh, Kevin Falness, the Minnesota Wild Radio Network. That was kind of fun. But uh, yeah, he said that word a lot. But he's you know he's a young guy and he's got a bright future. The immediate help does come from Alex Galchenyuk. Gal Galchenyuk. Galchenyuk. Alex Galchenyuk. I apologize. It's a toughie <laughs> coming from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Born in 1994, so he's still got some years left in him, that's for sure. Third overall pick by the Montreal Canadiens in 2012. So that would be Matt Dumba's draft, taking a few picks ahead of Matt, Matthew Dumba. He's had some successful seasons, has Galchenyuk, mostly with the Montreal Canadiens, I would have to say. With Arizona, just adequate. With Pittsburgh, not so much. And it's funny how all these trades kind of tie in together. At the end of the day, Zucker possibly going to Pittsburgh last year or should I say last summer for Phil Kessel before Phil Kessel nixed it with his uh, no-trade move, no-move no clause, this and that. Um, and Galchenyuk winds up going to Arizona in that deal. It was like a three-team deal. Actually, no, yeah, yeah. Galchenyuk ends up going from Arizona, pardon me, to Pittsburgh as Phil Kessel winds up with the uh, Arizona Coyotes, pardon me, getting that kind of goofy. Uh, so they end up getting Galchenyuk in that trade. But now they end up moving Galchenyuk to Minnesota. It was almost like a three-way trade, just a delayed three-way trade in a way. To the, <laughs> then he comes to Minnesota again with uh, Kalen Addison, uh, conditional first-round pick again. Let's just say lottery protected, basically. And Galchenyuk. Uh, Galchenyuk can play center. He's played it many times. They actually list him as a center, but it sounds like he'll be on the left wing for the Minnesota Wild. Yet another left shot. So it's like you free up space. For the left wing to get Kirill Kaprizov, and for now, Galchenyuk will be playing on the left wing because, well, it just kind of is what it is at this stage. What happens after that, we'll see. Galchenyuk is being paid $4.9 million this year and comes off the books in the summer, so we'll see what happens if his, you know, if his tryout, we'll call it, audition for the Minnesota Wild works out well. 
We'll re-sign him maybe for a cheaper contract. We'll see what happens. A little bit more cap-friendly. Not that it was the most expensive contract ever, but it certainly ain't the cheapest either. Right about five mil a year. You save a little bit of money. Uh, Jason Tucker was making about 5.5. And, of course, there's more term on it, so Pittsburgh's happy about that. He's not like a rental. Galchenyuk is a rental, basically, and kind of a band-aid fill-in at the moment. But, hey, he's still got some skills, still got a chance. He did score 30 goals for Montreal a few years back. It's not like it's 32 obviously. So he's just turning 26 coming up here. Uh, he had 27 points as a rookie back in 12-13, so he got going right away. Good for him there. Plus 14 for that Montreal team. It was actually kind of decent at the time. 31 points the next year. Little teeny minor pros- uh, progress, but a must minus 12 part of me the next year. 46 points. Jumped up 56 points in his fourth year. Big jump with 30 goals on the season. Again, he can play wing and center per se. He's played a lot of wing, but he can certainly play center. At first they thought he was a full-on center, but I guess not, unfortunately. <laughs> the Minnesota Wild think centers like they need to breathe, especially with the way Koivu has just dropped off the face of the earth. Uh, 44 points the next year, 51 again in 17-18, so most recent very strong year there in 17-18. That's not that long ago, so he's definitely capable of getting to the 50 range. Was a minus 31 for a struggling, frustrating Montreal team. Winds up going to Arizona, and then again the trades with Pittsburgh and ultimately Minnesota at the end of the day. Not a good season with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mediocre year with Arizona last year. Yeah, not, not the worst thing you ever saw, though. 19 goals, 41 assists, or 41 points, per se. Not the worst year, certainly not the best. Kind of like middle six numbers. Nothing to really get excited about. And that was a good Arizona team, too. So, minus 19 on a good Arizona team, that doesn't look good. Um, Arizona was strong last year, particularly late. And with Pittsburgh, obviously one of the better teams in the league. Though, of course, there were injuries early on in the season, and now injuries continuing with the Penguins. 17 points in, in 45 games. Not so good. Dalton Yuck, he's got speed. He's got uh, explosiveness, this and that. And then you saw a little bit of Thomas Vanek later on in the game. Those of you that maybe you like Thomas Vanek, some of you didn't. Kind of that slower, kind of half-effort kind of game that a lot of people get frustrated with. They call him a hard worker, but sometimes it doesn't look like he is. I don't know what it is, but... We'll see. We'll just have to wait and see how things go with Galtonyuk. Maybe he's just kind of trying to fit in still. Just getting started. I mean, the trade just happened, so you can't get too frustrated with him early on. But at the same time, some of the early returns, eh, you know, there's speed, but there's a little bit of that meh approach as well. So we'll very quickly try to jump into <clears throat> the games here. February the 6th, Minnesota over Vancouver. Pretty much from the get-go, the Wild were the better team. They were aggressive. They were leading in shots. They were attacking and it was beautiful. Wild go up 3-0 in that first period, and it was just fun to watch the whole game. Enjoyable night for Minnesota. That was last Thursday after the most recent show. Kevin Fiala continues his hot play. He has just been awesome. Uh, Minnesota Wild power play really picked up this week. And Fiala, it just feels like he's involved in pretty much every goal the Wild score. I mean, it just feels that way. He might not be on all of them, but, boy, he has just been wonderful. At multi-point games, he has been extremely strong the past few weeks here. He's been the best player on the team no, uh, with no doubt about it. Uh, what's he's on pace for? Right now he's got 38 points in 51 games. Again, remember the slow start hampered him in a big way. He would have much higher numbers at this stage, but he's actually on pace for 57 points, which would be a career high. 21 goals, 36 assists. It's him just getting involved in the play, putting the puck on net. That's where some of his assists come in, but also just, again, he's a hell of a passer too. He's capable of making some great plays generally speaking. But again, putting the puck on net, the patience, uh, the anticipation. 
the hesitation that fakes players out, and then it gives him an opening. Uh, Kevin Fiala's just got all kinds of game right now, and it's beautiful to watch. Uh, one of the best skaters on the team. Again, that's what might have made Zucker slightly more expendable as well. And Fiala's got probably that little red circle with the line through it right now in terms of trading. He's just, just don't trade Kevin Fiala. I mean, he's got a hell of a future, looks like. And uh, Paul Fanton looking good with that trade. Though, of course, again, you th- he probably could have gotten a draft pick as well. A first-round pick, a conditional lottery protected, or whatever the heck. Maybe a prospect instead, or both. Who knows? Who knows? It depends on how much the National Predators wanted Mikhail Granlin. And we're just sitting here now just thinking we probably could have got more, but hey, we still came out ahead at the end of the day. I got to think. Uh, Kevin Fiala might have been a spectacular trade. Uh, good move by Paul Fenton, nonetheless. Again, a fun game against the Montreal. No, fun game against the Vancouver Canucks. A 4-2 win for the Minnesota Wild against a first-place Vancouver team. Again, kind of going back to 2011, seeing Vancouver playing as well as they are before they got swept in the first round by the team of destiny, the, uh, <laughs> the Los Angeles Kings that year. Uh, wow, this game was just filled with power plays. Power plays back and forth, back and forth. There were four power plays in the game. Power plays converted anyway. Two for Minnesota, two for Vancouver as the wild penalty kill continues to stink. But the <clears throat> the power play has been picking it up in a huge way for the Minnesota Wild. We're actually eighth in the league. Eighth in the league. That's pretty good. That's a good sign. That's actually our best overall statistic in terms of goals for, goals against, penalty minutes, penalty kill, which is 30th, way at the bottom there. But eighth in the league in power play. Don't look now, but the Minnesota Wild have a really nice power play in when you have Kevin Fiala playing the way he is, well, don't be too surprised. Let's get moving. Damn, fun, fun, fun night for Minnesota against the Vancouver Canucks. He just felt, you know, the Wild just kept putting the puck on that, kept peppering Markstrom, and away we went, and Staluck was solid. And puck possession certainly helped his cause as he only faced 26 shots. At the end of the day, did Alex Staluck, and then you get to play the Dallas Stars the next night with Devin Dubnik in it, and he was sharp the entire day. Well, for the most part. He did give up two goals. They were a little bit on the softer side, but it could have been worse. And it seems like Dubnik's goals that he gives up, they're always kind of on the soft side, it feels like. And he's always mad and frustrated and wanting to point fingers at something. Uh, pointing fingers at the other team. Maybe they did, he thinks they did something illegal or he'd like the refs to believe that. Or he's pissed off at his teammates, one way or another. But nonetheless, the ever-grumpy Dubnik <laughs> stopped 31 of 33 shop, shots in the game. Minnesota ends up coming back from a deficit in this one, a 2 nothing deficit. Joe Pavelski getting it past him again. The penalty kill just not there on that one. But the rest of the night, the Minnesota Wild penalty kill held on. Lagarinov, uh, I don't know, that was a weird angle on that one, a really weird angle. And, I don't know, you got to think Dubnik could stop that one, but he just didn't. It is what it is. <laughs> it just is what it is there. But the Minnesota Wild would score the next three goals. Eriksson Eck getting his first multi-goal game. Good for him, and he's been picking up the pace. He's on pace for 37 points on the season, which would also be a career high. Good for him. Uh, a guy that's definitely struggled with the scoring department has been picking it up. And, of course, the guy's defense and in-your-face play frustrates everybody. Everybody at every level. Regardless, if it's a fourth-line player or a top-line player, Eriksson Eck has been getting reaction from everybody on the opposing rosters. And it's not because he's a chippy player. It's because he's just that good. He's just that, he's frustrating to play against. I mean, you know, I mean, all of a sudden the puck is just not there. He's just poking it away or he's just in the way, not letting them get the shot off. He's a hell of a defensive player. 
He's not even really much of a talker, maybe a little bit. I'm sure they all talk a little bit. I mean, of course, it's not like you can hear it necessarily from a television set or even at the rink unless you're, like, on the ice with them. So you can't necessarily hear everything. Occasionally you can read lips, I'm sure. Uh, Jules Erickson acts a little bit tougher to read his lips because I, I don't know what he's saying exactly all the time. I read Koivu's lips last night to Ryan uh, Ryan Reeves, though. That guy, that guy's a jackass. We'll get to him in a little bit. I'm, ugh, I don't like that guy at all. I'm serious. Uh, but no, Jules Erickson, that, the Minnesota Wild ended up pulling off uh, Florida Panthers in this one, and you'll probably know why as we get to Jules Erickson's next second goal. Ryan Donato again, just simply rifling that puck on net, uh, playing with Cunning and Fiala. What a fun line there. Youthful and speed uh, speed line right there. Then Donato's probably the weakest skater out of that group, but still, he's got the nice shot. He's got that rifle shot for a smaller guy. And he's got double-digit goals now. So good for Ryan Donato, getting his 10th goal of the season. That was a feel-good moment, tying the game up midway, literally right in the midpoint of the game. Uh, some back-and-forth scoring chances throughout the night, but great goaltending by both Dubnik and Mr. Bishop throughout the entire night. Ah, good for him. Good for uh, good for Devin Dubnik being very sharp the rest of the way after those not-so-great goals to, to uh, put the Wild on a 2-0 deficit. And then Jules Erickson-Eck at the last moment gets that wraparound after Jonas Brodin put the puck on net. Greenway, thankfully, somehow gets the second assist there. That's a guy that's been dying for some points, and he got another one last night versus Vegas, or two nights ago, pardon me, versus Vegas. Uh, Jules Erickson-Eck, though, with the wraparound. Just that hustle, getting there, the right place, right time, was able to bury it for a sixth goal of the year. And that wild bench was flying up in the air because they knew they'd stolen one in Dallas uh, after being down 2 nothing for an extended period. And then just putting it in without having to go to overtime. Dallas gets no points. So literally what the Florida Panthers did to the Minnesota Wild about three weeks ago, which had us all just stunned, frustrated, and pissed off. You end up getting absolutely nothing when you were ahead most of the game. But in this case, Minnesota comes out of Dallas with a crucial, huge victory. And I mean, they're, they're talking playoffs in St. Paul. They they mean it, too, and it's pretty cool. The crappy part is, again, you want that high draft pick. You want it so bad. That's the concern, but hey, maybe we have enough prospects for now. And, well, just draft well. There's always good players in the mid-first round. There are. And, of course, again, there's trades where you can maybe get a great prospect, hopefully, in this Kalen Addison. So we'll let's get to him in a moment. I actually was going to. Uh, in a bit here. I probably should have gotten to him right away, but I kind of jumped into the games here. So we'll keep moving forward. Colorado Avalanche. Uh, a game that just didn't go the Wilds' way. You could just kind of tell the whole time they were like the better team. Minnesota was in this the whole way, though. That's what's good. You're not getting the feeling like the Wild are just kind of like, you know, getting ready to go golfing in April. They're, 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 not, they're at least putting in the effort in these games in a big way. Uh, I, I'm not coming out saying, oh, we played hard in a 6-1 loss which some of the media members in this town might might tell you. Some of those games are just garbage, and you can't defend them. You can't. But I thought the Wild played strong on this game. And the Wild power play, again, a huge factor. Two power plays in the game. But unfortunately, special teams in general for Minnesota, not good uh, in terms of the defensive side, basically. Uh, giving up a shorthanded goal very early to Belmare uh, in that second period. Early in that second period. Very frustrating. In fact, pretty much all the scoring took place in the second period. That actually all did. It was a very entertaining second period, but other than that, Wild's opportunities were shut down, unfortunately. Nathan McKinnon, very aggressive on that power play. Kale McHarr with his 30th assist already. He's again on his way to being a 70-point Paul Coffey type defenseman 
It's unbelievable. Nathan McKinnon's 32nd goal of the year already. He is, again, one of those superstars in the league that the Wild would love to have. A top three draft pick type of guy. Uh, I wish... I wish, I wish Gulchin Yuck could be that guy, but I don't think so, unfortunately. Uh, McKinnon, again, way at the top of the draft years ago. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog, who's missed significant time, got his 14th goal of the season. Kevin Fiala's 13th goal to put the Wild back in it. Again, you got the whole period in front of you. You're hoping something can happen, but unfortunately, that was all she wrote. Uh, Spurgeon got a couple goals this past three, a couple assists as well. Great for him, again, on that power play with Parisi and, well, Kevin Fiala. <laughs> Kevin Fiala is involved in just about every goal for the Minnesota Wild lately. Unbelievable run for him. Um, always, either it's just moving the puck to the right place, the first assist leading to the leading to the main assist, to the second assist leading to the main assist, or again, putting the puck on net, or ultimately, with that hesitation, uh, moves that he's been doing, and uh, just kind of making guys, making guys bite early, and he can finish goaltenders, defenders to give himself a lane and, uh, you know, line of sight. Bit, bits and pieces there. And that's where Kevin Fiala has been just so spectacular, so fun to watch. He is the best player on the Minnesota Wild right now. Kevin Fiala is the best player on the Minnesota Wild. And part of me thinks it's not even close. I mean, Parisi obviously has his great moments. He gets the juicy goals. Fiala gets juicy goals. Fiala gets spectacular goals. He gets the speed, the Madonna-type speed on occasion, where he can get through multiple defenders. That was almost Lemieux-like, but no, let's stay off Lemieux. Mario Lemieux. <laughs> I'd love to see him become that kind of a superstar, but I, I don't know about that. Uh, but he's got the speed, the quickness. Madonna never got 100 points, so maybe it's safer to say uh, Fiala. A little bit of Madonna there with that explosive speed. And, and then again, the hesitation... And again, the juicy goals as well. Uh, he can score in every way. He can score in every way. Uh, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Kevin Fiala, very, very exciting piece to the Minnesota Wilds' present and future, which is great. Great when you can be able to say present and future when it comes to a Minnesota Wild player. Unfortunately, though, as we like to say in Minnesota, against the Colorado Avalanche on the 9th, that was Sunday evening, we just came up short. There, I said it. We came up short. Shut up! Don't you just love that phrase? We just came up short. Or flush this one out. Oh, good Lord. That is the most annoying thing ever. <laughs> we just came up short. want to apologize for that background noise. Normally I have it on silent and I didn't. I guess I just was too excited to get started and talk about this trade because it's a, it, it is exciting. Vegas Golden Knights. You got to see Chuck and all that. You got to see some speed, but he didn't score in, in any way, unfortunately. Kevin Fiala, though very involved throughout this entire night. Jewel Erickson-Eck again. Kind of a couple of geeks working together. Greenway and Jewel Erickson Eck on the power play. Minnesota Wild would convert three power plays in a 4 nothing victory for the Minnesota Wild. 4 nothing victory for the Minnesota Wild. Very, very exciting. Uh, the Kevin Fiala goal against the uh, Colorado Avalanche was that spectacular hesitation one. A bit of a juicier goal playing with Parisi to make it 3 nothing in this game, and Parisi ultimately would score again, assisted by, guess who? Kevin Fiala. Spurgeon's goal, where he had that rifle shot, a quick release on the power play, assisted by Kevin Fiala. <laughs> you could just go on and on. Nice to see Dumba getting his 19th point on Jewel Erickson, next seventh goal of the season. Uh, he's moving up, getting to that career high there. He's tied with a career high seven goals, so he's probably going to eclipse that. That'll be great. That'll be very great. Uh, 11 goals is where he's projected to get to, 26 assists, but also that frustration play. He can drive people crazy. At very least, he's an awesome third-line center, and maybe he can move to the second line sometimes, but uh, I think he's perfect in that third-line role at this moment. 
you're hoping to get more out of a guy taking 20th overall, but it's 20th overall. It's not like it's second overall, so you can't get too mad. When it's a fourth overall pick and he's and it's, you know, Pouliot, and he's like a, you know, fourth overall pick and he's third line at best, you're never going to see him in the top six, ever. That's where the frustration can really come in. 20th overall, it's not that bad. Uh, Cunning is certainly capable of playing on the second line. He's got a nice release. He's got a nice overall game. I think he's a little bit higher end prospect. At the end of the day, Cunning, again, not factoring as much this week, but he's still on his way to having a very successful career. 18 goals is where he's projected. A bit more evened out. 38 total points, 21 assists is his projection. Definitely uh, all career numbers for him. It's, he just continues to progress. That's what I like about Luke Cunning. Uh, he just continues to progress, progress, progress. That's what's good about Cunning. It's exciting. Makes you feel very good, very good. Uh, 15th overall pick there, and probably uh, just about right for the spot. You know, he's probably right about there. You know, a t- second line type of a wing or center, right shot, right wing, right shot center. He's listed as a center now, and that's probably where he's going to be hanging out for a long time, I think, because the wild center position, we've discussed that. We've discussed the wild center position, I think, a couple times. I don't know, can certainly do it, but sometimes he's not that good at it. I think Cunning's more legit. Victor Rask has been scratched for a while now, hasn't been in the games for a while. They've just not been interested in putting him on the ice because he's just too damn slow. And you want to play fast? You want to have the most successful teams have good skating. And again, guys that get frustrated with, you know, the Minnesota Wild taking guys high in the draft and they're not good skaters. Well, the good news is Bill Guerin came from the Pitt Street Penguins uh, as we look towards the draft. This is where I feel confident in Bill Guerin going into the draft. What is probably the number one aspect of the Pitt Street Penguins and why they won those those two Stanley Cups just recently? They were outskating everybody. They were outskating everybody. The Sharks couldn't keep up with them. The National Predators couldn't keep up with them. Nobody could keep up with the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins when they won those two Stanley Cups. They were outskating everybody. And who was with the Pittsburgh Penguins? Bill Guerin, you know, the whole time. So the whole time during those days and years before that, when those players were acquired, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins just outskated everybody. Of course, Bill Guerin was not the general manager when <laughs> Sidney Pros- uh, Crosby was taken, or Malkin, but, well, and those were guys that were just no-brainers at the time. Of course, especially Sid the kid. It was now Sid the 32-year-old, but still Sid the, the star veteran, who not everybody likes and stuff. <laughs> but no, they outskate everybody. So I feel more and more confident that Bill Guerin will be more of, yes, they have skill, but can they skate? If they can't skate, then their skills aren't as valuable as they would be. If you can skate and you have skill, then there you go. Balance it out, and here you go. Then you get a Kevin Fiala, because he certainly, does, he certainly has bleep has skills. I mean, I remember last year, I was like, the smoothness, his stick handling, the smoothness, his movement with that stick, with the puck on his stick, was like, huh. It was like something we hadn't seen in a while. And and it's just doggone it. The, uh, the, the results just weren't there, though, last year. It was frustrating. But now when the results are showing up, and that skating ability is starting to really show now, especially as he's getting more and more comfortable in his body again. Of course, we all know why with the femur issue where that happened a couple of years back. He has really, uh, he's really blossoming in a big way. Again, the slow start this year, he's actually scratched a few games. Kevin Viola scratched. You can't even imagine that now. And uh, that's why it's been such a nice jump for him this season. Great game against the Vegas Golden Knights. Again, three points for Kevin Fiala. Was able to pick him up in fantasy because... You know, I'm, uh, lucky for me, not a whole lot of people in that fantasy league knew who he was because it's a, it's just it's a regular public league. I'm not playing with people I know. I probably should have one with people I know too, 
but I don't know. I'm not a huge fantasy guy, necessarily. I'm more casual about it, but, uh, well, it's fun to play in those public leagues and pick up guys you know better than others and have some major success, <laughs> that, that, and this and that. Plus, I shouldn't even be talking about fantasy, necessarily. But, um, well, there's, there's hope for the future with this team. Hope for the future, and there's some good guys presently as well. It's just a darn shame you got that uh, cap, cap recover deal with the uh, uh, recapture cap recapture deal with Suter and Parisi. That took place in the uh, last collecting of bar- collective bargaining agreement about six months after the 13-year bleep in contracts were signed, cap recapture. Where it's like, yeah, well, you're not going to be able to trade anybody because if you do and they retire early, guess what? You're bleeped. And your whole organization might be bleeped, especially if you hit that $41 million cap uh, deficit, $41 million penalty per se. That would be a complete disaster. Uh, $41 million penalty, can you imagine? And that would be worst case scenario. Like they, they have to, they like retire one year early. It would cost you that much. Just one year. Whereas if they retire really early, it would be less. Less of a hit, but it would uh, drag out a little longer. So there's that. Ugh, crazy, crazy thoughts. I don't even know why I'm getting into that, ultimately. But again, it's just the future of the team, the prospects of the team, literal prospects and the futures, and generally speaking. Minnesota Wild look uh, positive. Minnesota Wild look positive, and I feel very confident in Bill Guerin going into the draft because... I think he knows what he's doing. I, I just get that vibe in a big, big way. The Mike McDonald Award for this week is absolutely 100% Kevin Fiala. But then again, you could say a very strong honorable mention is going to go to Jewel Arsenek because he was, yeah, okay, a jewel of a player. Pun intended. He was a jewel of a player. He's been he's been on a nice run. Jared Spurgeon's been picking it up of late as well, which is very, very, very encouraging. Feel really good about that. And uh, Alex Daylock, very strong game. And he's been good. His numbers are getting better. Three shutouts on the year, 2.7 for a goals against average. He's getting into that respectable range again, which feels really good. I remember after those crappy games, a, a string of crappy games, and his goals against average got over three for a while there. Uh, Dubnik's is still hanging right around the three range, which is extremely frustrating. Kevin Fiala has definitely been on quite a run. Uh, Five-game point streak in which he has had three, let's see, where am I, two, four, five, ten points. Ten points in five games. He's just been absolutely awesome. Uh, he's been a plus all the way. Ten points in five games, so he's literally two points a game on pace for a spectacular season if he keeps that up. And, uh, well, 11 points in 12 games, uh, excuse me, 11 points in seven games. You could just go on and on about how strong he's been. Uh, literally since pretty much the turn of the, the, the new year, even before that, though, he had a multiple goal game against Chicago way back on the on the fifteenth of December. He's been very strong for an extended period here, going back to yeah, there we go, November second. Really, pretty much since November second, Fiala has been awesome. Uh, that was when he got his second point of the year. Kevin Fiala had one point in his first seven games, just a lone assist against the Pittsburgh Penguins in that seven four debacle, the uh, home opener that was just utter devastation. Versus the, uh, again, the Pittsburgh Penguins and XL Energy Center. Yeesh, yeesh. Seven points, or no, seven games, one point. Just that lone assist. But then ever since November 2nd, he's been pretty consistent. He's had some uh, stretches where, you know, he had a couple games where he didn't get a point. But generally speaking, like every other game, and then now he's just been red hot. Uh, He's been absolutely red hot, and it's been an absolute pleasure. As he did slow down kind of bits and pieces for a while. But now he's at 38 points, and we're we're looking at the 50-plus range here now. Hope it continues. 
Hope it continues. Let's look at uh, Kaylin Addison before we head off into the break here. Again, Mike McDonald Award is going to go to Kevin Fiala and the James Shepard Memorial. I don't know. I mean, it's like you don't want to get too mad at Miko Cuevo. He's been frustrating to watch, and you don't want to beat up on him, but it's just kind of like a light version because he's just, you know, I don't know. He's barely being able to keep up anymore, and I can understand his frustration being on the fourth line, but where else are you going to put him? I mean, he's kind of in the Victor Rask range now, and he's got about as many points as Victor Rask, too, in less in a lot more games played. So, I mean, it kind of is what it is. <sighs> kind of is what it is. One other thing I should mention before I get to Keelan Addison, I keep delaying, and I apologize, is that, again, Ryan Reeves pissed me off in a big way. He was just he was just being a jackass to Miko Cuevo the entire night, which I thought was ridiculous. He just kept kind of slamming him into the eggs and pushing him down, and then, I don't know, he just kept chirping and chirping. I, I don't like Ryan Reeves. I don't like him. I mean, maybe I like him on our team, I guess. But he looks like the cockiest MF ever, too, at times. And he drives me absolutely nuts. I don't know what he's so cocky about out there, necessarily. You guys are getting your butts beat the entire night. So shut the hell up, basically, Ryan Reeves, at the end of the day. Kalen Addison, though, again, an absolute stud for the World Junior Championships. He's the leading scorer as a defenseman. Eight assists, power play quarterback. Eight assists, nine total points in seven games for the under-20 World Junior U-20 Championships. He was absolutely spectacular. Got the gold medal. Uh, just continues to be great. And he continued to tell everybody how he's super excited. So, And we're super excited to have you too, Kalen Addison. He kept saying that those two words. And again, he knew Bill, Bill Guerin well because, well, he worked with Bill Guerin just a year ago. <laughs> and again, he was drafted 53rd overall, second round pick, 2018 draft. He's got all the talent in the world. Interesting thought process here. He is a right-shot defenseman. That's right, a right-shot defenseman, which, well, Jared Spurgeon, Matt Dumba, Louis Belpedio, Brandon Mennell. Hello, 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 hello. Did you hear, did you hear all those names? That's a lot of people. Uh, Greg Pattern, ah, eh, you know, ah, eh, I don't care if we trade him away or move him on. Though it might not be that easy to move him on. It'd be nice if we could. Oh, Bill Garrett, if you could... If you could somehow, some way, package him in one of those trades just to get him off the team and open up a spot for not necessarily Kalen Addison right now, but Louis Belpedio, Brandon Mantle, somebody like that to get them going, get them excited, get their confidence up in the NHL because Brandon Mantle is just a stud. I mean, the guy's a stud. <laughs> He's an absolute stud. Uh, Kalen Addison has just been freaking awesome, though. So this will be a little bit longer segment again because, again, it's it's an exciting trade. Uh, Kalen Addison's numbers in the WHL so far. The Lethbridge Hurricanes, he's been there a while. He's been in the WHL for a while. Extended period here as he was in high school and such, kind of getting his education on the fly almost in a way. The Lethbridge Hurricanes, cool, cool. Well, it's not that cool of a logo. It's just a H. <laughs> but again, hell of a run. For Kalen Addison, 43 points on the season. He is a plus eight. He was a minus 18 a couple of years ago, but 65 points, 68 games. In 17, 18, 65 points last season. Uh, in 18, 19, 65 points back-to-back years. Exact numbers, which is crazy. Uh, one less game played. Okay. 11 goals, 54 assists. I don't know how you get the exact same total points. That's pretty crazy stuff. But uh, Kalen Addison's been on a crazy run of late, which is exciting as I try to bring up his game log. I thought I had it ready to go. But uh, here we go. Kind of moving down quickly here. Uh, he had a five-assist game on the 24th of January. Five-assists game. Five-assist game. He's been on an incredible point streak as well. Uh, just rolling along there for the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Pretty much since, my goodness, since December 
<laughs> since December 6th. He has just been on an absolute tear, so he must have missed a significant amount of time, unfortunately. He was out from December 7th to January 17th. That's unfortunate. But he was still on a point streak during that time. Pretty crazy. as <laughs> It's just remarkable when you look at his run ever since coming back from that injury. So basically 17 points in his last 10 games. Again, you did have the five-assist game on the 24th of January. Absolutely spectacular. Just awesome. And of course, you had a break there in between uh, from... Uh, it must have been a Christmas break, too, though. I mean, I think it was a combination of Christmas break and and such. But, I mean, out to the, till the 17th, Christmas breaks don't last that long. But uh, an extended period, he was out for a little while, maybe out for a week or two. Nothing super serious. But, no, 17 points in his last 10 games. Kalen Addison has just been awesome. And he has been on a 10-game point, uh, point streak as well during the course of that time. 17 points in those 10 games. Kalen Addison has been awesome. And... Uh, well, he's got the power play quarterback to him, and I will continue to say he's a right shot defenseman. And I just rattled—I I just rattled off some names, not including Greg, Greg Pattern. There's three positions available in in a game. Three positions available. So unless somebody wants to play on their offside or is able to play on their offside on the left side, but the left side's pretty busy too for Minnesota. Of course, I mean Suter, Brodeen, and Carson Soucy. I don't think you necessarily want to bench any of those guys. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Uh, only if they get hurt, this type of thing. That's the only way. And we're not rooting for injury. So what's left, it could be the big T, a trade. So I do think a defenseman will get traded either between now and the deadline or the summer. But uh, I do think a trade is coming with one of the defensemen. That's just my belief. And I would not mind if Greg Pattern was one of the guys traded away. In fact, if he's the only one traded away, that's fine too. Uh, Louis Belpedio, Brennan Mendel, open up a spot for one of them. Does it create a too small group of defensemen? I, I kind of don't care at this point. Is, is, is Brad Hunt tall? No, Brad Hunt isn't tall either. And don't forget, Brad Hunt is also included. But he's one of those versatile guys. He can be your seventh defenseman. Or Brennan Menel, Louis Belpedio can be the seventh defenseman. But i got to think uh, Menel or Belpedio need to be playing. I think they need to be playing. So that's just kind of how I look at that. If they come up to the NHL, they should be in the regular lineup every day. With that said, I will take the quick break now and then come back and we're going to look some more at the prospects after we preview three games coming up right after this. back here on Brave the Wild. we got three games to preview. We're going to get to the prospects and to your questions on Twitter. Thank you again, Derek Falska, for getting that going for me. Hashtag BTWMN. Hashtag BTWMN. Of course, Brave the Wild Minnesota is the best way to go. And we all know what BTW would mean in most cases, like, by the way. But, yeah, it also happens to be the initials of the show. But <laughs> let's keep moving. We will get things rolling with the New York Rangers on February the 13th tonight. The New York Rangers... I haven't played them in a while. It feels like eternity. They're, they're getting a little bit better again, like last year. They were kind of tanking the right way, I guess, without really tanking, like tanking, getting rid of certain players and kind of retooling and such. I guess they sort of were tanking, and of course they got a young star 
you got your Lundqvist, you got your Gorgiev, guys like that in your goaltending situation. Interesting deal going on, but you got a guy uh, of the future, not a goalie of the future, because it isn't uh, Gorgiev, or at least it doesn't sure, sure seem to be. It's Igor. Uh, it doesn't get much easier, does it? Igor Shesterkin. Okay, that wasn't that hard. Igor Shesterkin. He doesn't have a shutout yet, but it goes against average of 2.18. So maybe he'll be the Binnington of the New York Rangers as they're rolling. Artemi Panarin, one of the major prizes of last year's free agency period, if not the prize of all. Uh, definitely been a fantastic addition. Jacob Truba, a couple of former Columbus Blue Jackets. Capo Caco, Capo Caco, say that about 400 times and see what happens there. Of course, uh, off to a, you know, off to a predictable start in terms of he's just young and just getting ready. 19 points on the season. Good for him. Eight goals so far. It's a talented group of players. I uh, have former Gophers on the lineup up and down. Actually, not this year. He hasn't been on the team this year, has he? Uh, oh, yeah, there you go. Ryan Lindgren's there. Uh, it was uh, the other guy, Vinny. <laughs> Vinny Letary from the Gophers in the past as well. Uh, Vinny Letary, not on the roster this year, unfortunately. He's been in the minors most of the season. But Ryan Lindgren, one of the more valuable Gopher defensemen in the past, where Vinny Letary was a forward, kind of a gutsy, shorter guy. Uh, he's done a nice job. Mark Stahl, of course, again, yep, related to Eric Stahl, three brothers, not not two. <laughs> There's Jordan Stahl, Mark Stahl, Eric Stahl. Of course, Eric's the best Stahl so far in the NHL throughout his career. Jacob Trubo, guys like that. It's a talented team. They've had their moments. They're 10 points ahead of New Jersey, but it's 7th place in a very, very, very good metropolitan division. Here you got Washington, Pittsburgh, New York, New York Islanders, Columbus Blue Jackets, an improving Philly team. Guys like that, it's going to be really tough to make the playoffs, and not to mention the Carolina Hurricanes, who you know obviously went to the Eastern Conference Final last year before they ran into a buzzsaw called the Boston Bruins. The Boston buzzsaw, we might want to call them. Rangers have won three out of their last five. Losing to Dallas 5-3. They beat Toronto, not bad, 5-3. Lost to Buffalo, hmm, 3-2. And then beat Los Angeles pretty easily, 4-1. And then one in Winnipeg, 4-1. Not too bad. Now they head to Minnesota tonight in Exo Energy Center. I like the Wilds' chances to win. Uh, of course, what Bill Guerin said in his press conference, about 17-minute long press conference, was basically like, you know, if there's any quit, there's going to be more trades, basically. It was basically an ultimatum, like, yeah, I mean, if there's any quit with this team, like we're going to mope and cry that, you know, our, our friend got traded away and, well, you're you're next, basically. And some players might welcome that. Maybe they want to change this and that. Maybe a guy like a Devin Dumnig might, but then again, maybe not. Who knows? Uh, I, it's probably going to be impossible to trade him for both reasons, the, the human relations and all that. And, of course, uh, you know, just the goals against average of 3.3 is kind of hard to trade, too. I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. It's just... You know, I'm just merely stating a fact. Rangers are 8th in the league in goals, 6th in power play. So definitely a skilled team, obviously. More of a, a scoring team than a defensive team. But they got that goalie of the future, Igor Chesterkin, who's getting just getting started, 6-1 and one on the season. The Wild have historically played fairly well against the New York Rangers. Historically played okay. Uh, I don't know what happened to this thing. I don't know what I clicked on. It's different now. What the heck did I do? <laughs> We've historically played well against this team, but uh, generally speaking, okay, I guess that's how it works. Uh, New York Rangers, well, they they won the first game of the series back on November 25th. Almost forgot about that one. It's been a while, and so much has changed since then. We've had hot streaks, cold streaks. We've seen a guy get traded, this and that. We've seen Koyevu go from, uh, you know, still okay to a guy who's probably a fourth-line player now until his career ends most likely at the end of the season. 
but the Rangers, a solid game, 3-2 victory over the Wild last time around. I think the Minnesota Wild split the season series. I think we win this one. Something along the likes of, depending on who's net, I, uh, in net, I suppose, maybe it will be 3-2, to two, maybe it'll be 2-1. to one. <clears throat> It could very easily be 4-2, to two, very easily, depending on who's in net, of course. you got Lundqvist, who's been great uh, in the old days, but he's, you know, way past his prime now. He's been kind of pushed on the back burner at this stage. If, if Igor's in net, and I think he will be, it's going to be like a 2-1 to one win for the Minnesota Wild, something along the likes of that. I expect Alex Stalock to continue to be the main goalie for the Wild, because Dubnik appears to be, it's becoming more of a platoon now. Uh, it's no disrespect to Dubnik, it's just, you know, and, he, and he's had some nice games, but generally speaking, I mean, if anybody gives up soft goals, it's Devin Dubnik. Uh, Alex Stalock is limited to a point of, you know, he's not a spectacular goalie. He's decent. But his puck handling is good, and he is just, you know, he's just, uh, let's just say, uh, I would say he's just kind of, he's more likable per se, uh, more likable, uh, obviously his, his puck handling is good, he's like an extra defenseman to kind of move the puck forward, he just, he, he does a lot of intangible things, and of course, again, he's more like a bleep this, let's let's win type of attitude, where Dubnik is kind of like, bleep this, what was that, you know, what the, what was that defenseman, what was that, you know. He's more, it's more of a different tone, I would say, with Alex Stalock. But I think Minnesota will win if it's Igor, and I do think it will be. I think it's going to be like 2-1, to one, maybe 3-2, to two, maybe gets to a shootout or something like that. But the Wild win, most likely guy to score in the game, Eric Stahl is due for a goal. It's been a long time, so Eric Stahl will score against one of his Eastern foes for many years. And, of course, against his, uh, his brother there as well, who is well, way down the line, unfortunately, on the bottom six there. Uh, definitely a scoring team. I shouldn't even say it's going to be... I think it is going to be at least 3-2 to two because the Rangers score. But I, I just got a feeling that Stalock's going to have another one of those good games. It's going to be a little on the lower scoring side. We'll go with 3-2, to two, but Minnesota actually wins this one and splits the season series. I kind of like the the momentum by Minnesota the past couple of weeks here. San Jose Sharks. I mean, the Wild have a chance to have a pretty good week here, so I better watch out. I actually thought the Wild might have a very ugly week last week. And you end up beating Vancouver, Dallas, and Vegas. I predicted the Vegas win. I did not see the Wild winning against all three of those other teams. <laughs> I did. I mean, I figured we'd lose to Colorado. Actually, I thought it was beating Colorado. So that's really messed up. I had it going as a split. Vancouver-Dallas losses, if I remember correctly. But I do have the Wild beating the Rangers. San Jose Sharks, it's like we should win that game. We should. But you know how things can go. It's a, it's a funny league. Crazy things happen. <clears throat> San Jose Sharks are 28th in goals. 28th in goals against. So they give up goals and they don't score a whole lot. Their power play is only 23rd in the league and they get a ton of penalties. A ton of penalties. That's why they're ranked 30th in that category. Are you ready for this though? Penalty kill. First. Really? Their penalty kill is number one in the league. Okay, well you got to be good at something I guess. Uh, they're four games under 500. I'm going to give a shout out to Chris Starts. Yeah, I miss you. Uh, miss you. I used to be on the Teal Town podcast. It's still a good show obviously. But uh, I definitely miss Chris Stortz uh, in a big way. Got to give him a shout-out. I miss him. Just in case he's listening. Just in case. I bet he's frustrated with the Sharks right now. Uh, Eric Carlson's leading them in scoring. Their defenseman, of course, that they acquired in a trade about a year and a half ago. Uh, talented guy. Actually, it was just one year ago from uh, Ottawa Senators. Obviously, very talented and all that good stuff. But he's, you know... He can only do so much. Brent Burns is having a down year for his standards, but I still take 37 points out of my defenseman. But yeah, he's got less points than Ryan Suter right now. Jumbo Joe is rumored in trades going back to, are you ready? The Boston Bruins. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool? If Joe Thornton gets traded back to the Boston Bruins 
and say the Wild aren't in the playoffs or whatever. We make the playoffs, but we don't get far. I'm going to be rooting for Boston if Joe Thornton's back in Boston. I want Jumbo Joe to get a Stanley Cup. I mean, 22 years in the league, he has paid his due. It'll be kind of like watching Ray Bork hoist the Stanley Cup for the Colorado Avalanche. It kind of will. But it would be as if Ray Bork went back to Boston, won the Stanley Cup. So kind of look at it that way. It would be, That would be actually better. It would be sweeter. But uh, Ray Bork was in Boston the whole time. Went to the finals how many times? At least twice, right? Uh, <clears throat> 1990. No, maybe it was just once. 1990. And they lost to the uh, Edmonton Oilers. And then, yeah, they only went once. But they went to the East slash Prince of Wales Conference. It was the Prince of Wales Conference at the time. But, yeah, it's the Prince of Wales Trophy still. Uh, what Prince of Wales Conference? Because back then it wasn't regions. It was just different conferences. Kind of like the AFC and NFC and the NFL. Um, man, and then he finally got the cup with Colorado. That was cool. I want to see Joe Thornton hoist that cup. I want to see it happen. I could just imagine, I could just picture that. So if Boston acquires Joe Thornton, I'm, I'm rooting for them to win. If the Wild aren't in the Stanley Cup Finals, I'll be rooting for the Boston Bruins to win the Stanley Cup because, just because of that. <clears throat> and it'll be nice to see Charlie Coyle bring one home as well. Thomas Hurdle's got the scoring ability, but he's just, you know, he's just okay. You know, he's capable of some, some great plays, good stick handling, but, you know, I'd still take him, don't get me wrong, but, uh, you know, it's just not a good mix right now, obviously. The goaltending is not good. Martin Jones is a shell of himself, and he hasn't been good in years. They don't have a single shutout all season. Aaron Dell is just an average run-of-the-mill guy who could be in the AHL or the NHL. He's just kind of there, you know. Frankly, the former San Jose Sharks goalie Alex Stalock, when you talk about him, I'd rather have Alex Stalock over any of these guys. And it's just, you know, it's funny. Uh, I'm sure Alex Stalock will be in this game. Maybe Dubnik will be against the Rangers. Maybe. But I'd be kind of scared to have him against that scoring team. I'm kind of scared about that. I wouldn't mind seeing Stalock in both of these games. Maybe take my chance with uh, Dubnik against the Vancouver Canucks. After the nice win most recently. Uh, Of course, he was uh, against Dallas, if I remember correctly. But whatever. Maybe give him a crack at it with Vancouver. One way or another... You want, you want to see Stalock versus the Sharks, but maybe you give Dubnik this one because the scoring just isn't really there. Just to give Dubnik a chance to kind of get things going again. It should be a win for the Wild. It should be. Uh, San Jose is well behind Minnesota, even with eight, uh, an eight-point deficit. They're still seven points ahead of the Los Angeles Kings. Oh, man, that's crazy. Look, <laughs> their last game was against the San Jose Sharks, or excuse me, the Calgary Flames, who beat the crap out of them. Uh, but then the Sharks actually beat the Flames a few days before, too. Flames are all over the place. Sharks lost to Vancouver 5-2. to That's predictable. Got shut out by Vasilevsky of Tampa. 3 nothing there. 3-1 to win over Calgary. And then a 3-1 to win over Edmonton Oilers. Both on the road. Interesting. Interesting, but that's division rivals for you. And Calgary got the revenge most recently on Feb 10th. 6-2 to demolition. They get four days off. Maybe like a little mini-buy. They had a couple of four-day-off breaks there crazy. They play Winnipeg to, uh, not tonight, but on the 14th and Valentine's Day, and then back-to-back from Winnipeg to Minnesota. Not too much travel there, but I think that also helps the Wild's chances. Wild will beat the San Jose Sharks 4-2, to 4-1, to 4-2, to 5-2. to I think the Wild have a good game. It might get to 5-3, to which would be really crappy, but I'm going to say a 4-2 to win for Minnesota. I don't want to predict like a blowout or anything. Plus, what if the Sharks kick our butts? You just never know. Maybe it's their night for whatever reason. What if Aaron Dell gets a shutout? Oh, wouldn't that suck? Wouldn't that suck? Oh, but uh, the most likely guy to score against the San Jose Sharks, 
Let's go with Jared Spurgeon. He's been on a nice little roll lately. He's been putting the puck in net. I've been liking that. And I do predict Kevin Fiala continues a point streak in both of these games. I think Fiala at least gets an assist in both of these games. I'm just feeling Fiala. I'm, I'm feeling really good about Kevin Fiala lately. Uh, the stick handling, the poise, the hesitation. And you'll see some similarities with that with the uh, <laughs> with the Alexander Kovanov goal. Hovanov, Hovanov, pardon me, goal on MNW Prospects. Do check that page out. I'm giving an early shout-out. It's coming up in a minute anyway. But uh, the Alexander Hovanov goal last night, two goals, two assists for that stud. <laughs> Very similar to Fiala's goal against uh, Colorado. Do check that one out. The patience, the timing, and then just whew, release. Just beauty. But Minnesota wins 4-2, to two, and Jared Spurgeon will uh, get yet another goal. Good for him. It's about time, because he'd been kind of quiet this year. Uh didn't really get a chance to look at this, and it didn't load. Yeah, I'm having trouble today for some reason. It's giving me problems here. Sharks beat the Wild 6-5 to back on November 5th. Whew. That was back when the Wild were really kind of sucking. Well, we did score five goals in the game, but come out with the loss. Uh, Three-game series. We don't play until November 15th from November, or excuse me, February 15th, and then March 5th. So fairly close together there, about three weeks apart from this one and the next one. Very strong chance the Wild win the season series, but... I don't know. It doesn't help losing the first game, though. We'll see what happens with that one. Vancouver Canucks. First place in that Pacific Division. Right back to Vancouver again. Get to play the Canucks again after a very solid win. They demolished us pretty bad not too long ago. The Wild will have three days off between the Sharks, what I believe will be a win. And then we get to visit the Vancouver Schmucks. It's going to be a tough one, of course. Jacob Markstrom's had his moments. He's not a great goalie, but he was good at times, particularly particularly against the Wild on occasion. Anders Nilsson has moved on to the Ottawa Senators. Oof. I'd rather, you know, all those years Vancouver stunk. He paid his dues there with Jacob Markstrom, and then he gets traded to the, or he, he winds up with the Ottawa Senators. Ouch. Well, the season series is tied. A 4-1 win by Vancouver on Jan the 12th. A 4-2 victory for Minnesota on Feb the 6th. February 19th, Vancouver will win the season series, unfortunately. I'm just just being honest, unfortunately. Uh, Vancouver is 2-3 and three in their last five, unfortunately for them. A 4-2 to two win. No, 4-2 loss to the Boston Bruins. Yikes. What am I saying? 4 to nothing loss to Boston Bruins. Then the loss to Minnesota was 4-2. to two. They, they lost to Calgary 6-2. to two. Interesting, just like the Sharks. Then Vancouver beats Nashville 6-2 to two and shuts out the Chicago Blackhawks. Most recently, with all that high octane offense, and Minnesota's four and one in our last five, only lost to Colorado. Gotta like that, but <clears throat> I think the streak ends in uh, Vancouver. Unfortunately, damn, they're a good team. And J.T. Miller, what a season he's having! He had some solid years of the New York Rangers, but he's on pace for like eighty points. He's just kicking ass. Uh, Elias Pettersson also on pace for about fifty, uh, eighty-two points. He's on pace for literally a point a game here. He's just been great. He'll probably get eighty-one because it looks like he missed a game. But just saying, if he keeps up the pace, Brock Besser, boy, you know, mm, uh, every time I see that name, it's like, ah, uh, what could have been? But at least uh, Jewel Erickson is starting to starting to approach a little bit more of well, he's he's starting to get a little bit better. He's starting to pan out more, is what I'm trying to say as I stumble over myself. <laughs> but he also is just a completely different player, defensive-minded, frustrate the hell out of people, but the skill's there. Jules Eriksson, the skill is there. He's just not Brock Besser. It's just different guys. Brock Besser brings scoring. Jules Eriksson brings a 200-foot game. <clears throat> it's just that simple. He's a legitimate center, and we're very lucky to actually have Jules Eriksson regardless. I'd like to have both Brock Besser 
and Julius Janek because I'm greedy. I'm very greedy. And hopefully when it comes to trades, Bill Guerin's greedy without being, you know, like he said, trying to rip off the other general manager because the more you do that, you're not going to get any deals ever. People are going to get sick of you and not want to deal with you because, believe me, in all sports world, <laughs> in the sports world, there's about a million general managers out there that are just trying to rip people off and nobody wants to deal with guys like that. So and at the end of the day, those guys usually end up being made fools of with a stupid trade of their own. Uh, I do predict the Vancouver Canucks win the game. They're going to score some goals. They're just going to score maybe 4-3, to three, something like that. Maybe the Wild can squeeze out a point, which would be great at least. At least squeeze out a point if humanly possible. But I do think the Vancouver Canucks get a win about 4-3. to three, Maybe 3-2 three to two if we're lucky. We're able to keep it lower scoring, so to speak. But I just got a feeling Vancouver's the better team in this one. 4-2. to two. I mean, that's just the number I'm seeing right now. <laughs> Boy, Louis Erickson is still playing, but barely. Barely. 39 games, and he's just kind of barely on the fourth line, basically, right now. Hardly a part of anything. Tyler Grayovac, the old Grayovac battery there. Minnesota Wild seventh-round pick years ago. Won up with the Flames for a little while and such. And Washington Capitals, if I remember correctly. Now he's on the Vancouver Canucks, at least eight games, and playing in their AHL system. The guy just never seemed to put it together at the NHL level, but, well, he's a seventh-round pick. Can't expect him to be a star at the end of the day, but a very talented team. Quinn Hughes, 44 points, 36 assists. Very strong play for him. Power play assists. Power play quarterback with uh, 18 power play assists on the season. Very strong play by Quinn Hughes. Vancouver wins the game. The most likely guy to score in this one, Fiala. <laughs> Let's just go with Fiala. I mean, I love the way he's playing. I think he's going to have another strong week. At least three points. Maybe five or six would be really sweet to get him closer to 50 points already, which would be amazing. And the next thing you know, he's projected to get like 65, 70 points in the season. Which, who knows, if he keeps up the pace he's on, <laughs> anything could happen then. The sky's the limit for the guy. Even though those are famous last words. Better be careful saying that. But, very talented player indeed. Uh, Wild do not beat the Vancouver Canucks. But, uh, still a very positive week nonetheless. A 2-1 to one week, hopefully. The Wild get 4 out of 6 points. And then you continue with Edmonton. And a busy schedule going into the next week, of course. It'll be 3 games to preview. But then a back-to-back with Detroit and Columbus. Uh, a little bit of a Eastern, not, not it's still kind of Midwest-ish, but Eastern Midwest as you head from Detroit into uh, Ohio there with Columbus. So we'll see what happens. Play Columbus twice, actually, but at home. St. Louis, interesting. Edmonton, St. Louis, Columbus. Whew, that'll be an interesting couple of games there coming up. But Wild go 2-1. and one. Let's get to the prospects and have some fun, shall we? And as per usual, we will start with the ever-outstanding Iowa Wild, who have two of the leading scorers in in, in the AHL right now. Sam Honest, 58 points. He is just dominating the AHL. 41 assists on the season. He's he's like the center right now when you look at the two. Gerald Mayhew and Sam Honest. It's like Sam Honest is is more the playmaker. Gerald Mayhew is the center. And he's got way more goals than assists. Sam Onis has way more assists than goals. Both of them very capable of doing both, making plays for others. Absolutely love the two guys. It's a crying shame they can't get to the NHL right now. I mean, their size isn't helping. And plus, you know, it's a busy lineup, even though the Wilds lineup isn't that spectacular. But there's young players on Minnesota. There's heavy contracts on Minnesota. It kind of is what it is, which is very similar for the defenseman situation. You had four defensemen that you just wouldn't dare send down, and you hope they don't get hurt either. That's why you got guys like Brandon Metal, Louis Belpedio, stuck in the AHL. Uh, you don't have nearly as much depth on left defense, though, when it comes to the AHL. 
into the system as you get further in a little bit. Not much. Not a whole lot. And of course, with Sealer gone, that's a major one gone. He deserves to play, though. So that's kind of the thing. It's just a tough deal. Either have him in the AHL or send him on packing, unfortunately, which the Wild had to do just for his sake. I mean, I'm sure his agent is, uh, I'm sure his agent appreciated that now Steeler gets a chance to play and get another contract and all that. That's what agents want, contracts. Agents want contracts, isn't it? Isn't it safe to say that that's the truth? <laughs> Matt Barkowski, he's in his 30s. I mean, you don't have a whole lot of depth at left defense. It's just funny how we talk about how, boy, oh boy, right shot defensemen are hard to find and this and that. Yes, they are, but we sure have a lot of them, don't we? We have five. We have five, but now you add Addison, it's six. Legitimate, you know, well, yeah, you do at the end of the day. But then again, I don't really count. <laughs> at this point in time, I don't really want to count Greg Pattern as a legitimate defenseman. His, his defense is okay. His hockey IQ, not really. And he doesn't score at all, which is, you know, it is what it is. But he doesn't really make up for it with strong hockey IQ like, uh, you know, Carson Soucy does. Soucy has the skills to score, but he doesn't all the time. He hasn't scored in forever. It is what it is. He's at 12 points on the season. But, uh, well, I mean, you got Jacob Golden when you think about left shot defensemen. A couple of guys in the system, but it's deeper in the system. It's not in the AHL just about ready to go where it's just basically a phone call, you know, and some movement, cap movement, this and that, all that, how that works, the complicated... NHL cap and moving guys up and down and this guy's this guy if you try to send him down he has to clear waivers that's kind of like baseball a bit but no I mean the right shot defense there's a it's a it's a log jam right now and that's where guys are getting a little you know they're like gosh I want a chance I'm good enough I'm good enough give me at least a shot here to get going Brennan Mental and Louis Belpedio I can only imagine what's going through their heads at this point uh Belpedio's not really putting up great numbers but he's an intangible guy and boy he's getting a lot of penalty minutes too he's aggressive He's become more of that gritty, aggressive guy, which I think can he could easily fit right into that uh, third pairing instead of uh, pattern. It's just he's a little bit smaller. He's not that small, though. He's almost 200 pounds, and he's 5'11". He's not small. He's like medium-sized or medium-small, if you could say that. Brennan Mendel's 5'11 also, but he's 177. He's more, you know, speed, quickness, power play quarterback. He has been unbelievable. Particularly since Jan the 14th, he's just been great. And uh, But oh, really overall, all season, Brendan Mendel's been putting up the numbers. He's got 38 points on the season, 33 assists. He's, you know, he is a legitimate scoring defenseman. And, uh, you know, I mean, I love what he does. I absolutely love what Brendan Mendel does, and I think he's got a wonderful future. Uh, two assists in his most recent game. And yet another win for the outstanding Iowa Wild. They're in second place in the division only because they're behind the best team in the AHL right now, the Milwaukee Admirals. That figures. Ugh, hate the Milwaukee Admirals, right? <laughs> well, kind of. It's a cool name, though. Cool name. Uh, Nico Sturm has been picking it up of late. He's been adding some points. It seems like every game, every other game, Nico Sturm continues to put the points on the board. Maybe two points every three games or so. He's been playing very strong. He's a plus nine on the season, and a I think the writing is on the wall, but then again, I mean, you don't want to guarantee anybody a spot, but it's just the way things are moving, the momentum of things right now with Miko and Nico. Miko, Koivu, and Nico Sturm to prevent any confusion there because it's kind of similar, right? Just a little bit. I was making fun of uh, Michael Russo about that one day when he kept talking about the two guys, and it's like, can you say the last name or something? You know, because it's too similar. People aren't going to understand all that. I tried to keep up with it, but no. Uh, Nico Sturm, I think it's going to be Nico is going to be the fourth line center next year. 
And he could even be third line, depending on how well uh, Jewel Erickson Eck does, if he can move up to the second line, or who knows what's going to happen. But I think Nico is at least a fourth-line center right now in the NHL, who could probably get get you about 20, 30 points, probably 30 points in the, in the NHL, where he's certainly going to get 30 points in the AHL. He's on his way to probably, depending on how things go, maybe 50. Uh, I really like what Nico's doing. And he's got some help there, too, as well. Ah, I love what Nico's doing. He's got 11 goals in the season. He can score a little bit. He can. He's one of the... <laughs> it's funny, as good as this team is and how many goals are being scored, he's one of only six guys with double-digit goals on the team. So think about it that way. Him with uh, Sokolov. Sokolov, Sokolov. <laughs> who some hope would be on the wild one day, but we'll see. I don't know about that. Luke Johnson, who's also a center and only played in 30 games. Very strong play for him. And he's actually only one year older than Nico. Nico Sturm. But he's a minus 9 versus a plus 9. So, hmm. Gerald Mayhew scores so much, he's a plus 15. He just he just creates for himself. That's how good he is. 36 goals for him. And, of course, Sam Onis is the other one with double digits, who is uh, pretty much leading the AHL in scoring flat out. He has just been amazing. Even uh, JT Brown lately has been okay. So everybody's probably forgotten about that guy. Uh, very forgettable season last year. I was like, why is he still just floating around in that fourth line when there's other players that probably should be in the NHL? Like, Gerald Mayhew... Hello, hello. Gerald Mayhew could have played on right wing in the NHL last year instead of J.T. Brown. Ugh, where this year you got Ryan Hartman, who's better, obviously. And, well, it is what it is. Uh, see, Mayhew can play on the bottom six and succeed. Honest is what he is. He's a power play type of guy who needs to be in the top six. It just is what it is. But I don't think putting Sam Honest on a third line would kill him, though. I don't think it would, but I suppose. I mean, it's a checking line, and he's... 5'8", so probably not the best idea. <laughs> but you did put Tyler Ennis there. He's like 5'9". I mean, so, and he's actually having a really good year in Toronto, which is really weird. Tyler Ennis is like, like well, really solid year. Over 30 points. Tyler bleeping Ennis has over 30 points in Toronto this year. Yeah, I, I just said that. <laughs> I guess. Uh, Brandon DeHaim hasn't scored in eternity. The Parkland, Florida native. Again, former Providence Friar. You could go on and on. Connor DeWeer's been pretty quiet as well, unfortunately, in Iowa. So guys like that that you're hoping can break through. We'll see what happens. Apparently, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Madison, a Addison, pardon me, Mr. Addison knows, that's again the young defense in the wild got, Kalen Addison uh, knows Connor DeWeer from juniors and such, uh, from Stonewall, Alberta, in uh, Connor DeWeer's case. Again, he hasn't scored in a while now. He's been quiet, unfortunately. But we'll see what happens. At least he's out there, and uh, we'll see. Capo Kakinen continues to dominate. He had another shutout, by the way. i got to mention that. He's got four on the season. He's 20-5 and five on the year. Matt Robson's got his goals against average under three, which is good. He was good, super good at the beginning and then kind of had some <laughs> had a bad run there. He's brought it down again. Capo Kakinen dominating. 2.24 goals against average. They might win the whole enchilada in the AHL this year if uh, Kakinen stays in the AHL and the Wild don't decide to bring him up. Maybe they should just go and win the whole enchilada. That'd be amazing. I mean, you have the pieces to do it, but then some of these guys need to be rewarded by being, you know, by being uh, with with an NHL spot next year, hopefully. Be rewarded, uh, hopefully, again. They have to do well in camp to get there, but if they do well, don't just say, oh, he's young. Back to the AHL. I think Brennan Mendel should have a legitimate shot here, and we'll see what happens in the next week and a half here as the trade deadline approaches. It'd be painful to trade <laughs> Spurgeon, Dumba, and I don't think we're trading Spurgeon. It doesn't sound like it. It really doesn't. It sounds like uh, it sounds like Garen wants Spurgeon to be a mentor to uh, Kalen Addison. So that's what we're hearing. 
So I, and I wouldn't be surprised. Spurgeon should probably be an alternate captain in the future as well with the club, I think, where Felino sounds like he is the captain of the team next year, according to most people. That's just what a lot of people believe anyway. Let's move forward. I'm taking forever here, so I apologize. Uh, Mr. <laughs> we have another leading scorer in another league here coming up, and that would be <laughs> Adam Beckman. He's just been unbelievable. Of course, do check out MNW Prospects. Do check it out. We talk about all these guys. I cover the QMJHL, or Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, as I like to call it, and the BCHL with... Uh, Nikita Nestorenko and the Chiliwek Chiefs. Those are the clubs I ca- keep up with, and those are the uh, the leagues I keep up with. WHL. Spokane Chiefs, Adam Beckman, 40 goals, 48 assists. He's a plus 33, 88 points. He is leading the WAHL in scoring in 52 games, just flat out dominating. And we'll see what happens how he translates to the NHL, because juniors don't always translate to a whole lot. Because, again, Connor DeWare last year was in the juniors with the Everett Silver Tips, and he's got 12 points in the AHL this year. So we'll see what happens. It's a one-year difference in age between the two guys. I do expect Adam Beckman to be with the Iowa Wild next year, and hopefully he has more success than Connor DeWare so far. Uh, also, I think part of it is what line you're on. That's the other thing. I mean, Connor DeWare hasn't probably had the opportunities he would like to have to be that scoring guy because he was pretty good with Everett last year. Continuing in the juniors, the juniors, and we'll wrap up with college a bit. Alexander Hovanov, that's my guy there. That's my guy. <laughs> top-line center for Minnesota, hopefully. He's certainly a top-line center for the Moncton Wildcats of the Q. No, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. 78 points on the season. Four points last night. Two goals, two assists. Highlight-type goal. Looked a lot like Kevin Fiala on the play. Just the patience, the stick handling, and the quick release. Just a beauty, and of course the accuracy. He's got 68 penalty minutes on the year, which is crazy, so probably losing his composure a bit on occasion. 94 penalty minutes last year. It's still a solid year, but he's already eclipsed last season's point total by four. He had tied it, leading into the most recent game. Now he has eclipsed it. And gosh, 64 games last year in that amount of time. He's only played in 38 games this year uh, thus far. Still got a lot of season to go. Could be a 100-pointer for Alexander Hovenhoff, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And and uh, it sounds, you know, I'm going to keep telling you, I'm going to keep saying this on every episode. For those of you, maybe you're new to the show, this and that, and just getting caught up with some of these prospects. But uh, John Torchetti, the former Minnesota Wild coach, who actually re- most recently coached in Monken with uh, Alexander Hovenhoff, talk is that Hovenhoff is, it's NHL or KHL next year. There is no AHL, and sure as hell he's not going to the ECHL. There's just no way, <laughs> no way. It's AHL or NHL, excuse me, it's KHL or NHL next year. So the Wilds are going to have to make a decision there ASAP because if Homanov goes to the KHL, oh my, oh, that's two, three, four years down the you-know-what if that happens. And just going to have to beg him to come after that because what if he goes and dominates over there? And and, and uh, I don't know, I, I would suck to lose him. Nikita Nestorenko, he's had some moments here and there, but he's dipped below the one-point-a-game mark. He's at 49 points. Now, he did get an assist yesterday, but he's had a couple of quiet games for Chiliwack in the BCHL, British Columbia there by Vancouver. Not bad, though. Not a bad run for him so far. But he's he's more of a long shot, I think, long-term. At the end of the day, Philip Lindbergh is what he is. Love Philip Lindbergh. Philip Lindbergh, 1.79 goals against average. A bit of a plateau for UMass, UMass Anhurst, anyway. Uh, Matt Boldy moved up to the second line, got to play in the power play, and he scored a couple points, huh? He had a three-point game just most recently on the weekend, or actually, this was Monday. It was one of those tournaments. Uh, 14 points now, a three-point game. He finally got to play in the top six. Matt Boldy, all right. So, 18 years of age. 
left winger, like 19 other players in Minnesota. Like, everybody's left wing. <laughs> everybody's playing on the left side. And then on the defense, everybody's on the right side, except for Suter and Brodine and uh, Susie. <laughs> Those guys are all good, and they're stables there. But if someone gets hurt, who do you call up? Barczkowski, I guess. What It is what it is there. Nothing against Barczkowski. It's just you're hoping there's some prospects in the system out there. There'll they'll be some, but, I mean, Philip Johansson, Simon Johansson, where do they shoot? Right. They shoot right. So we're balancing things out with right defensemen and left wingers. Sure. Okay, Ivan Lodnia, he's been out since, you know, he's been out since mid-January. Ah, I'm sick of him getting hurt because he's so good, you know. If Ivan Lodnia is so freaking good, but he's been out since mid-January. January 17th, and ah, what the hell could you do? 51 points, 30 games, and been out ever since. And ah, Come on, man. Come on, let's go. For the Niagara Ice Dogs there. Nick Swaney. Yeah, I'm getting sick of waiting for that. But yeah, Nick Swaney, 22 points in 25 games. He missed last weekend as well. Sam Henches, he's missed time. Ugh, but he's at over a point a game versus last year. He's already eclipsed last season totals. But uh, he's been missing time as well, unfortunately. Awesome interview, though, with Pavel Bennett there of the, uh, again, MNW prospects. I'll be shouting out to that quite a bit. But we're also going to talk about crease and assist with Derek Belska. Awesome guy. Uh, other than that, Bryce Misley continues to not score for Vermont. This and that, Jacob Golden, another juniors guy. He's at 20 points now. Jacob Golden, who'd been Mr. I-never-score-anything, hardly. Uh, though he started to break through a little bit. He was a 2017 draft pick. He's one of the few guys in the system that's a left-shot defenseman. <clears throat> and he's got 20 points in 37 games. He's starting to pick up the offense a little bit, and good for him. From Toronto, Ontario, of course. Uh, well, of course. No, he's 5'11", so he's also not a very large guy, but kind of medium, 180. Hopefully he's put on some strength since that was put up there. But, because uh, you can't always trust that. That might be from like two years ago or something. For all we know. But uh, Jacob Golden's been picking up the points for the, it's now the Erie Otters. That's where uh, Ivan Lodnia started. Jacob Golden was on the London Knights of the OHL, and he's been in the OHL for five years already. Only 20 years of age. These guys get started early. Sean Boudrias, who I talk about, he's another guy I cover from the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. He continues to put up the points, but it's kind of an assist a game lately. But he does score. He's definitely got scoring ability. He's a left winger. No, he's a, he, he is a right winger. That's good. Six. <laughs> what am I saying? He's a right winger. I'm getting him mixed up with some of the other guys here. So at least somebody out there is a right shot along with Ivan Lodnia. <sighs> 63 points in 48 games, 27 goals. He is a plus 33 for the Cape Brenton Screaming Eagles, or just the Cape Brenton Eagles, as it appears they call them most of the time. It seems like the name got changed a little bit. They got rid of the screaming part because they're just eagles. They're not screaming as much as they were. At the end of the day, Guskov, first off, those guys have been great. First off has been awesome in the collegiate ranks as well, generally speaking, 22 points. In the 27 games, a goal, uh, 11 goals, 11 assists, plus 15, as he's just a freshman from Yaroslavl, Russia, Russia. And uh, he's been playing for the U of Connecticut. So he's in North America. So at the end of his collegiate career, it might be NHL or KHL. We'll see what happens with him. He's doing really good. Lots of Russians in the Minnesota Wild system of late along with Matvey Gutskov as well. He's got, uh, yep, he's not scoring nearly as much. 24 points in 50 games for the London Knights. So, let's just keep moving on forward. I've been kind of bouncing between juniors and college. Boy, this is a really long show because of the trade and such. Lots of conversation going on. Let's get to the questions now, immediately. At Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild, Jay Bushy says, 
Well, he was replying to crease and assist, but that's fine. Wow, that's a lot of response here. Okay, let's just get to it. I know a lot of people and myself say to uh, say to ride Stalock for a while, but Russo was on KFAN last week and said maybe it's time to call up Kakinen to give him some extended playing time to further evaluate him for next season. Yeah, that's been a back-and-forth conversation where some people want to see him get evaluated. And apparently the Wild are good enough to really gauge where Kakinen is because some people were afraid of if you're going to gut the team and then, and then put Kakinen at goal, he's just going to be facing a firing squad and his confidence is going to go down the tubes. That will not be the case right now. That will not be the case because the Wild clearly are trying to make the postseason. And, well, the players in front of him aren't that bad. Obviously, the defensemen are very good. So I'm not against calling up Kakinen. I'd love to see what he can do in a nice evaluation going into next season. Where do we go? Do we need to take a ton of goalies in the draft? Or do we just take maybe one just for see what happens? That type of thing. Take a flyer on somebody in the mid to later rounds. Like Lindbergh, who's awesome, I think, for the for uh, UMass. But I'm not against that at all. I love Kakinen. Um, it's a tough situation. You might have to send somebody down. And I, I don't think we can send Dubnik or Alex Daylock down. That's the problem. So the AHL team, of course, I wild might be semi-screwed. So it could give uh, Matt Robson a chance to really be a full-time starter and maybe go on a playoff run. So that's another opportunity there. Tom Hohen, I, I think I said it wrong. It's, it's Hayen, isn't it? That's what uh, Derek Falska told me. It looks like Hohen, but I believe it's Hayen. So I apologize if I'm saying it wrong, Tom, in case you're listening. Hopefully he is. What undersized, slick skating, limited offensive upside European defenseman does the ORG have its eye on for the first-round pick this year? I'm going to be honest, I haven't really looked at the draft yet. Uh, for me, I haven't really looked at the draft right now. But uh, it's that's basically what it is. Undersized, slick skating, Brendan Mennel, you know, <laughs> he could go on forever. Uh, well, Addison, <laughs> I guess they had their eyes on Addison when it came to the trade. I think this might have been right about before the trade there, Tom. Um, I haven't been looking at the draft as much. I've just been kind of focusing on the current like system players along with, again, the NHL. So I'm going to be honest. I'll probably come back to that one in the future because I, I have a pretty good memory, so I'll try to come back to that into the next show or such if I look as we get closer and closer into the, uh, the off season and such as well and into draft conversation. Mike asks, Do you think it's time for GMBG to turn on the washing machine? GM Bill Garden, yeah, GM Bill Garden. Okay, to turn on the washing machine with this team prior to the trade deadline, or do you see multiple player trades for high draft picks? This was an older question, but I don't think I saw it on the last show. That's the one thing; it doesn't stay in order for some reason. Um, let's see. Uh, well, obviously, it doesn't look like he's going to really turn on the washing machine, but I do think there's going to be at least one more trade coming. At least one more. That's my belief. You can only turn on the washing machine so much, per se. Per se, pardon me. Uh, Koivu, you probably can't really even trade him, even though you might want to. You can't really do it. Stall is a possibility, depending on what you're getting back. Stall is a possibility. Uh, Greenway, maybe. Because he's just not scoring at all. Greenway's a maybe. Uh, Zucker's obviously already gone. And maybe Brodeen or Dumba. That type of thing. I'm a little afraid of trading one of those left defensemen now. Because who's going to replace him? I mean, there's nobody down there. That's I, I, I'm getting scared. Is it J- Jacob Golden? Jacob Golden's got a legit shot, unless, again, you have guys playing on their offside. You do still have Brad Hunt, so I can't trash him too much. You do still have Brad Hunt, who's a natural left defenseman. So there is that. 
but he's in his 30s. So, oh boy. So that's an interesting question there. I better keep moving. Uh, yep, that was one we already got to. I already got to that one. Yep, here we go. Dave Johnson, this is again a recent one. How many players currently on the Wild roster will be in a Wild sweater on opening night next year? Well, Parisian Studer, yes. Dubnik, I don't know. Stalock, yes. So I'm going to kind of quickly just jump over him if I can. Uh, so I'll just say the names rather than put an actual number. <laughs> Dubnik is a maybe. Uh, Stahl, uh, that's, I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone very soon, actually. Uh, Fiala, absolutely. Zuccarello, we're stuck with him. Like him or not. I, I like him, but he's too old, damn it. He's too old for like a long-term future. As good as he is right now. Conan, yes. Spurgeon, probably. Eck, probably. Brodeen is 50. Brodeen's like 60-40. Because I think he's crucial, man. Uh, Greenway, I think it's 50-50 with him. Felino, I think it's very likely he's coming back. Dumba, he might get traded. Brad Hunt, I don't think he's coming back. But we'll see. Donato, Donato could get traded too. Hartman could get traded. Koivu's not coming back. Susie, I don't think you want to trade him. Rask, I hope not, and I don't think they want him back. Uh, and that's about it right there. The rest of them are guys that were regularly called. Greg Pattern, I don't think he's back. I think the Wild find a way to get rid of Pattern. So it's going to be like most of the players are coming back, but there's going to be some significant guys missing. Absolutely. I think Stahl, I'll be surprised actually if Stahl's back. I, I will be, even though he's a, plays a crucial position, because it's like, who else is going to play center? You know, well, some, somebody's going to have to, so we'll see. Uh, but the guarantees are like freaking Studer Parisi, because, again, if they go to another team, you got the recapture situation, which can murder this franchise. Fiala, those are like the three guarantees coming back. Dumba, you want to say, is a guarantee, but is he? I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. So we'll see what happens. There's gonna be there's gonna be guys missing just because. Uh, Brodine's like sixty forty. I I think trading Brodine away would, I think that could kill this team as much as, you know, <laughs> as much as you might think. Ah, oh, you know, he's he's expandable. He's not that great, you know. So, but we'll see. So I didn't really name a number, but I gave you an idea of who I think might be back or might not. And of course, it's it's all an opinion and a belief and a feel. Derek Felska, crease and assist. Awesome guy. Knows his hockey like you wouldn't believe. 16-year job, or 16-year job with that uh, blog. He has just been unbelievable. Knows his hockey like, I've you know, like, like I can't believe. Uh, he says, so, just to toss it back out there, after today's events, do you have... Oh, okay, he's asking about the question. Uh, yeah, so he's encouraging people to ask questions, which I appreciate deeply, Derek. Uh, and uh, great, great guy. Go check out that. <laughs> go check out that blog. Uh, it is awesome. Look up crease and assist. Just look it up. Google it. Read. He is outstanding. He's like a, he's like another Michael Russo. On, honestly, he he really is. And he's asking a bit, trying to encourage people to ask questions, which I appreciate. He was the guy that got that going. Important question. What is the best hockey video game of all time? Many of say it's Blades of Steel or NHL 94. Which one is it? Or is there another choice? Oh, boy. I think it's, I think those two are way at the top. Which one do I have? I think I have 95, actually. I have NHL 95. I love that one for the Super Nintendo. I'd say it's right about NHL 95. I mean, Blades of Steel is great. It's just, you know, but it's limited. I mean, the music is awesome. The... I hate that all the colors of the teams are messed up. Like, the Edmonton Oilers are the North Stars. Minnesota is, I don't know if they're supposed to be the Gophers or the Vikings or what the hell, because they're like purple and white. 
I don't know if that's kind of supposed to be the Gophers or what, but the Oilers, you know, Edmonton looks exactly, they're the North Stars, they're green and gold. What What's going on? So I always play as Edmonton so I could be the North Stars and stuff. Um, I think it's, boy, Blades of Steel is my most memorable from my youth. I got it way back in 1989 and I just could play it forever. I played it forever. I was always, I liked Los Angeles on that back then. They look like a reverse St. Louis Blues, basically. I think that, yeah, the two, the three teams they got right, four teams, Vancouver looked like Vancouver back then, I guess, but a little bit funky. Chicago looked like Chicago. New York looked like New York, and Montreal kind of looked like Montreal. Uh, but I like that you can have all the NHL teams. It sucks about, say, by 95, they're the Dallas Stars. By 94, they're already the Dallas Stars. I wish you could have the North Stars. That's when you're going back to, like, 93, 92. Oh, man. Mm. So I'm going to go with NHL 95, Derek. Uh, if you'd like, let me know what uh, your your favorite is. You could feel free to tweet it out. That way I could mention it on the show and such. Derek Felska again. Uh, wild goaltender Devin Dubnik said the shorthanded goal he gave up to Colorado's Pierre, Edward Belmar, was simply the result of a little bad luck. Should we take this Minnesota Wild player seriously anymore if the Tammy becomes back up to the Staylock? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I do. I, I. And it's not because Staylock is so great. Staylock's got a better attitude than Devin Dubnik. You know, I mean, I've questioned Dubnik's attitude for a while. He is just, you know, he's just kind of a sourpuss, man. I don't know. He he bugs me a little bit. I understand if he's unhappy with things in his life, but, I mean, it's been like this forever. It's the ref's fault. It's the defenseman's fault. It's the forward's fault. And and it's a little bad luck. You know, it's a little bad luck. So, oh, Devin, you were so good a couple years ago. But, I don't know, it's just... He's, he's always kind of been that way, but when he starts to not be as good, you really start noticing that stuff. So, yes, I am pro Staylock versus Dubnik. Obviously not 80-20 in terms of, you know, percentage of games played. Eh, like, you know, 60-40. Dubnik should still get in the net, but not be a full-time starter ever again with Minnesota. And probably he probably won't be anymore in the NHL. I think his days of being a starter are done. That's just my guess. Maybe he can go on another team. And like Ed Belfour, who started to kind of drop off a bit with the Dallas Stars, went to the Toronto Maple Leafs and just played awesome again for for a few years. So we'll see what happens. Derek Felska again says, are other Minnesota Wild fans seeing the club the same way you are? Okay, he's saying, yep, he's encouraging questions again. Here we go, let's continue. What sort of odds would you give the Minnesota Wild extending Gollinschuk, or is it basically an audition for a job? I think it's an audition right now. The skills there, they're confident enough in him that he can help this team. They're not looking at it as, okay, we threw Zucker away and we're going to just take a flyer in this guy and tell him adios, amigo. The flexibility with it, I think, is awesome. I think it's great that there's flexibility with this uh, addition of uh, Golinchuk. I think that's great. So there's flexibility. That's what helps. You're not stuck with him like Victor Ask or, you know, Parisian <laughs> shooter. <coughs> yeah, those two guys that have that recapture crap. So uh, it's 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 an audition, but I think he's got a legitimate shot. The funny part about the whole thing is, though, yeah, you made space for Kirill Kaprizov. This is where you might want to read between the lines, too. You made space for Kirill Kaprizov on the left shot, and you brought in the left shot. Hmm. So what happens to this left shot when Kirill Kaprizov comes? So he, he's going he's, to... He, he, it's an uphill climb for Golanshot. That's the way I'm looking at this. Or there's another trade coming which could be very possible. Maybe he's done with Greenway. Maybe he's done with Donato. Very possible. Maybe he's just looking at them like, these guys, you know, they he's good. Maybe, you know, he's a better fit for a different team and we can open up a spot and get some more, get a, maybe a younger prospect 
or a, a draft pick for uh, Greenway or Donato. That's my guess. Otherwise, Gullenshuk could be good and gone at, the, at that stage. So I would say the odds are against Gullenshuk at the end of the day, but they like him enough to believe that he can fill that spot for now and see what happens. Yeah, if that makes sense. I'm a little too wordy. Sorry. Uh, Derek Pelska is getting to Justin Back here. Again, he's also from MNW Prospects. Justin Back. Looking ahead a little, what do you think would complement Kaprizov and Fiala at center if they ended up playing on a line together next year, whether on the roster or not? Well, I'm hoping that that's Hovenov. Uh, and it might end up being that because otherwise Cunning, I mean Cunning, Cunning can definitely do it. Cunning has had, uh, Cunning has had chemistry with Fiala already. I think Cunning can do it. He's a good skater and he steps up for players as well and he's got skills. Cunning is the most likely guy on the current roster. Hovenov, they might be asking too much at his young age. So I will go with Cunning right now. Otherwise, <laughs> Ryan Nugent Hopkins would be a nice addition somehow. Uh, if you make a real big, crazy trade. I'm not sure Edmonton's in a huge rush to trade Ryan Nugent Hopkins, though, because that would be a big loss for them at the end of the day. But we'll see. It depends on how desperate they are for a <coughs> defenseman. <laughs> Tom Hayen, Hayen says, uh, What center can we envision playing between Fiala and Kaprizov next year? Yep, there you go. Well... If you answer Quavio, I might hang myself with the, with the good towels. <laughs> yeah, Tom, I feel you 100,000%. Kunin. I will go with Kunin right now. Kunin, absolutely. Because Stahl's too slow. As skilled as he is, he's too slow. Uh, Eck can probably do it. Eck can do it. it you know, it's between Kunin and Eck. I will go with Kunin right now. I'm going to go with Luke Kunin right now. Um, continue. Just saying, check out the latest episode. Thank you, Derek. Very, very, very much for that. See if there's some more. Chris, yep, I promised. Yep, I promised I'd bring this up. Uh, Chris asks, who do you think is the toxin in the Minnesota Wild locker room? For the longest time, I would have said Ryan Studer. Apparently, it sounds like Bill Guerin has kind of quieted him up a bit, so that's good. That's from the, that's what we heard from Judd Zolgad most recently, that uh, it sounds like Bill Guerin has kind of quieted him up. That's like sources in the organization. I mentioned to uh, Mr. Uh, Imagine to Mr. Uh, <laughs> uh, Judd Zolgad locally. Uh, also, I think Dubnik is a little bit... I think they love him and everything, but the constant complaining and, you know, and the side remarks, I don't think that that goes over well. I, I don't. It would bother me. It would. And I'm not even there, and it would bother me. Think about it. So, yeah, that's where I'm going. Dubnik and Suter, generally speaking. But Suter has quieted a little bit. Dubnik has not. Uh, Tom, Ho- Tom Hayen says, of all... The NMC players we currently have, no no move, yep, no move clause players we currently have. What would one, I mean, what, which one would be the most likely to waive in order to get shipped out? Provide there is a drunken GM out there looking for a bad contract. Oh. Which would be the most likely to waive in order to get shipped out? Uh, to, to, to waive the no move clause? Well, it was Zucker. It was Zucker, obviously. That was one, because he, he had a no-move, but it was a 10-game no-move. So, I, it's like Zucker, yes. That's the easy out. Well, with Zucker gone, Zuccarello. The other is Z, Zuccarello, because I don't think the other two guys, it's just too risky, obviously, with the recapture, cap recapture. I'd say Zuccarello, because there's a chance he might be willing to go to a Boston or something. I mean, why not? I'm going to keep saying this. Why wouldn't you want to go to Boston? You might win the Stanley Cup. You really might. Odds of the Wild winning the Cup this year are extremely slim extremely, extremely swim. So, uh, that's my belief. Uh, thank you for that, Tom. Uh, I'll go with Zuccarello, though. 
that he's most likely to waive the no-move clause. So, Tom again says, does Mayu have to score hat-tricks in 10 straight games with Iowa before he gets a legit shot with the Wild? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying that to be sarcastic. It feels like it. I feel you. He is. He's like the best goal scorer in the whole AHL. I'm frustrated, too. We're kind of, like, stuck. It's almost like you have to wait for somebody to get hurt. Like, again, like you're playing two-player Super Mario Brothers and you have to wait for the other person to die or beat the game, basically, and you're just like, die, 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 die. <laughs> if you're Luigi waiting for Mario to die. That's almost what it's like. Poor guy. I feel bad for him. I can imagine what his agent's feeling. This is just me saying this. I can imagine. I bet his agent's like, what the hell, you know? Especially when there's guys on the Minnesota Wild that aren't that good, that don't score a whole lot, and right-wingers right are a need. Uh, and we have guys that shoot left that play right. They're probably the two best right-wingers on the roster right now. <laughs> Zuccarillo and Fiala. It's pretty funny. But they're there naturally. I don't know how that works, but it does. Tom continues, says, there is no chance for a Koivu extension for the Wild, right? Right. I agree. Yep, there is no chance. It, it's, it's over. Uh, you can see it out there. It's over. Absolutely done, uh, and it's. I think he's. I think he sees the writing on the wall. Not because he's like, oh, they don't want me anymore. No, I think he sees the physical writing on the wall. I can't play anymore, really. I can't really play anymore. So I do think Quavo's finished. Tom, yep, I, I I'm with you there. And he says uh, the Minnesota Wild knows it needs to be Stellars at the deadline, right? Yeah, yep. Generally Stellars, but also to get assets to come back. They're still trying to make the postseason. They still believe they can, and they're in the mix, so there is a possibility. Looks like that's the final question. And uh, they are very much still alive, believe it or not. Uh, stay locking just to play well. Maybe Dubnik steps up a bit some more. and uh, Maybe some crazy trade just surprises us, and we get somebody with a sugar high that carries this team a long way, which can happen, like Neil Niederreiter did last year for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Maybe we can do a reverse Nino, so to speak. Because I think we have a really damn good general manager running this team right now that's more patient and knows what he's doing. And I think he's going to be really good in the draft, too. That is the questions, and thank you. I can't thank you guys enough for being involved. Tom, thank you so much for all the questions. Keep them coming, Tom. Keep them coming, Tom. And Derek, keep them coming. Dave Johnson. Ty Sandstrom. Yep, keep them coming, guys. Chris, Jay Bushy. Uh, the Hannah, that's, a, that's, that's an advertisement. Yep, so I believe I mentioned all the names. Mike, too. Yeah, Mike, if you'd like to as well, please do. Uh, always next year, why doesn't Donato play? I think I got to that one last year. Uh, Doug Munson asked about the center priority pair with Kabrizov next year. I continue to say Kunin. Otherwise, Hovinov long-term, but I think Kunin right away. Uh, that's my guess. Always next year asks, why doesn't Donato play? Again, I mean, uh up and down, up and down, this and that. But, of course, they were favoring Rask over him for a while. But uh, he does now, lately, thankfully. That was about a, that was a week ago, in case I didn't get to that one. With that said, can't thank you guys enough for the questions. Uh, I encourage you to go to MNW Players and Crease and Assist. Go to both of those. MNW Players is on Facebook. And I do believe, yep, there's a website as well and a big link to it, the main website as well. But we keep up with it on Facebook quite a bit there with all the prospects from top to bottom. When you keep up with the NHL, the AHL, the ECHL, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the Western Hockey League, the BCHL, the KHL, and we went on and on and on and on. We keep up with all the possibilities with uh, Minnesota Wild prospects throughout the world, the planet. <laughs> Minnesota Wild Global, big shout-out to them as well. Shout-outs to Chad Walski, David Kostick, Chance Kostick, 
Scott Cavendish, the founder of Minnesota Wild Global. Of course, uh, Pavel Burnett, Justin Back, Brandon Quast, Merrick Skybach. Thank you guys so much. Of course, Derek Falska. Thank you again for uh, bringing the questions. And of course, Crease and Assist. Awesome blog. You love reading about hockey and reading about that hockey knowledge that Derek Falska has. Keeping up with prospects as well. Go there and uh, go there and get ready to read and enjoy it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Keeps up with everything with the Wild as well. Keeps up with prospects. And he's got some damn good knowledge about what the Wild need. With that said, thanks again. Uh, do uh, write a positive rating for Brave the Wild on iTunes or Apple Podcasts if you could. It would be greatly appreciated. Can't thank you enough for that. Hoping all of you have a good week. Hope the Wild continue their strong play. And uh, hope to hear from you as well in audio submission. Just use your smart device. Click record, you know, the voice recording app on any smart device on the planet. Click record, treat it like a phone call. Stop, save it, and send it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. All the websites and such, the Facebook page, <clears throat> the Twitter account will be on the show description. Thank you again, Vinrock Vince Germano, also for retweeting the most recent show on Twitter. So all the uh, contact details will be in the show description. Until next time, take care. Next show will probably be shorter. I apologize if you think this is a little too long, but there was a lot to talk about today with this trade, the future of the wild. I'll, <laughs> I'll keep it a little shorter next time if humanly possible. Otherwise, hope you enjoy the length of it. If, if you do, cool. Let me know. Talk to you soon. Take care. <laughs>